Everybody, welcome to episode 17 of Soccer Situations. I'm Todd. And I'm Alex. Yes, we're back uh, to talk about soccer nonsense and some non-soccer nonsense because I like dramatic television and video games. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, in general media corner this week, uh, Succession, I think most critics' best television show currently running, uh, the, the final season debuted this week. And it was amazing. The show just never stops rolling, picks up right where it leaves off. And it's just Brian Cox just destroying his kids' psyches. And somehow <laughs> it's entertaining. They're all terrible people and they all just torture each other and it's miserable. But it's just like, oh, I can't stop. Just watching. can't stop. Can't look away. It's, I mean, it comes down to just literally has like the best writing team in television history, I feel like. Um, it's both like the funniest show on TV. It's so funny. And it's also the heaviest dramatic show. It's just everything. It's great. The cast is amazing. It's going to be sad to see it go, but I can't wait um, to see the season unwind, obviously. Yeah. Is this, they drop uh, one season at a time or one episode at a time? Oh, yeah. It's HBO. They're classic. Yeah, they draw uh, it out. The Aristocats of str- Aristocats? Aristocats. Aristocrats. That's actually. what our Wi Fi name should have been. I think Aristocats is on Disney. <laughs> we should change the Wi Fi name to Aristocats. <laughs> That's actually a good idea. Yeah. That's a great name. Yeah, we're changing that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> New Wi Fi name. Okay. Um, anyway, HBO is, yeah, they're old school aristocratic streaming service, so they still do vintage. Not only do they do one episode at a time, but they drop it at like a time of the day. You know what I mean? That's it amazing. Come out on Sunday, it comes out at like nine, 8 p.m. nine p.m. Eastern. Eastern time. Yeah, yeah. It's so vintage. That's amazing. I love it. I kind of hate it, but I love it too. I love HBO. Yeah. You can't you can't hate on it because the content's so good, right? Um, Alex didn't watch Succession, but we both did play a little bit of the Diablo Four beta. Oh yeah, the Diablo Four beta came out. I was watching people play it, but like when it was early beta, mm-hmm. when you had to pre-order it, and I was like, I, "Am I going to be excited about this Diablo game?" Um, the last one that came out was like that mobile game that was just like clearly a money grab. Mm-hmm. It was like a you know pay-to-win kind of game, right? So I was pretty disappointed in them right now. So when I saw this come out, and then the beta opened, and I watched some gameplay. I yeah, like, this, I have to play this. I was amazed. I was surprised by how much I liked it. Um, I haven't played a Diablo game properly since the '90s, and yeah, Diablo two, the original Diablo yeah, two. Yeah, and I, I've actually been like a vocal Diablo hater for a long time. Yeah, um, I just never really saw the point of it. You're pointing and clicking frantically. It's like you're just mashing <laughs> the mouse button. Yeah, it's seemingly no skill. There's at all. no real. Yeah, right. Seemingly no skill. Although you know, get. He gets into it. Yeah. But um, also, it's just an endless loop of just a couple of hours of gameplay, and you're just doing the same thing over and over again it's to true. collect loot. Yep. And that was really off-putting to me. Um, and maybe it will be again. But over the course it of two days this past weekend, I was into it. The Diablo games will grab you for, like, a two- to three-month period. Right. And, like, you'll play them insane hours and then yeah you'll burn out eventually like a switch will flick and yeah you're like wait i'm sick of this yeah 
And then you'll come back to it eventually, and it'll be fun again. But yeah. you'll have to take a break. Yeah. I made a rogue. She was pretty cool. Rogue. Yeah, I was a little jealous of the rogue. She was flipping around, shooting bows and arrows. And, uh, yeah, stabbing people with daggers. That's fun. Yeah, I went with the druid. The druid. Oh, you think I wasn't jealous of you wolfing out and running <laughs> around like a monster? I kept switching back and forth between the werewolf and the bear because I didn't know which one I liked more. Yeah, they were so cool. You see a big bear. And then me and Al kept trying to kill you because we thought you were enemy wildlife. <laughs> yeah, the whole time. And my wolves. Yeah. I kept trying to kill my wolves, too. Yeah. But anyway, great game. Great game. So fun. Shockingly fun. So stupid. Yeah. Can't wait for it to come out. You get to pick little outfits. That's the one thing That's I've the... noticed they evolved is the <laughs> which is next the level. system and flexibility of customizing your outfit is so funny and so um, geared toward the player just mostly picking out outfits. Yeah. Like that's the end game of the game, really. Yeah, so I, I got to say, that feature, that new feature from Diablo, plus the new skill tree, I'll give them that one, it's a little deeper. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the outfits, Alex. The outfits is probably going to stretch that three-month life period to maybe like four or five months. You Definitely. Because oh, just playing with fits, that's sure, a lot of game time sure, alone right dude. there. In the original Diablo games, or at least uh, Diablo 1 and 2, the 90s ones, the ones I have experience with, item appearance was tied to these specific items that had specific strengths and weaknesses. So sometimes you would find a really, really ultimate badass item that fit your guy perfectly that you needed to have to make him powerful, but it would be super ugly, and so you'd be pissed off about it at the same time. Yeah, and you'd be stuck with that look. You'd be you couldn't stuck with it. an ugly look, but now they can let they let you just ignore whatever that item actually looks like, and you can just give your little mace some cosmetic surgery and make it look like a magical bow or something. They made it way easier too, because like late in Diablo two, like Diablo, maybe it was just Diablo three. You could do like you could do some kind of like rune shit or some gems mm-hmm. and like change your armor to something oh, different. Right. But like now they've made it super easy just to change whatever it looks like and the color and yeah, like you don't have to like buy potions. You just have to like buy dye hmm. and like dye each armor you had That's a different cool. color, which that. is cool. Yeah. But they've made they've just simplified it now and made it way faster right in on. your little wardrobe. Super cool. Should we should we uh maybe talk about some football, I guess? So <sighs> stop boring people with Diablo Four talk. God, I guess we want to rush into it. <laughs> I mean I could talk about Diablo Four all day. <laughs> we had some drama outside of well, first of all, it was an international break, so I'm not gonna act like I cared about any of these games. Even though they were valid qualifying games and not yeah. friendlies as I first thought. Still find it hard to be interested in those. Don't care. I'm such a bandwagoner when it comes to international football because I don't re- respect or um, support the states at all. Yeah, me so, either. So um, really it comes down to which team, yeah, like strikes my fancy in the lead up to in a the tournament. tournament. Yeah, exactly. I would say in the couple of months leading up to a tournament, I yeah. start to get a feel for the personalities of the teams and be like, yeah, this is the one, you know, kind of back a horse at that point. Um. But yeah, I feel the same way. In terms of these early qualifiers for a tournament, what is it, two years out? Or is it next summer? 2024, I think, yeah. is Euros. Um, yeah, I don't care yet. Long story short. But anyway, yeah, we had some huge managerial dismissals uh, in the week, starting with uh, Julian Nagelsmann from Bayern Munich. This one kind of shook the football uh, media world. People were surprised by it, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, kind of out of nowhere, if you were like, looking at how they've been performing. Yeah. I think there's a certain sect of Bayern diehards that kind of trumpet this um, 
it's the most impossible job in the world kind of storyline. Yeah. Like it's really tough for managers to get respect there and yada, yada, yada. And I don't know the, much about the culture of Bayern Munich. Maybe it is. It seems like they're trying to trumpet their club up a little bit. Um, I heard this explanation on Sky and it seems to make a lot more sense is that they saw a window to get Thomas Tuchel. They've wanted him a few times in the past when he's been unavailable. So they, they Nagelsmann had a few personal it. conflicts. That was enough to push him out when they saw they could get Tuchel. So they blew up. They made they made something out of nothing, or they just to kind of you know push yeah. it push it a little further than it may have. This is all had. hearsay, but we're trying to be storytellers here. So yeah, that's what yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they exactly they planted some evidence on Nagelsmann. Pushed yeah, him out the door. Well. We'll see. He's not going to struggle to find work, that's for sure. No. In fact, one Tottenham Hotspur have already reached out. Yeah, that's unfortunate for him. <laughs> yeah, we have another stacking to talk about, um, as a matter of fact, involving Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, yeah. They just got rid of their um, high-value, high-profile manager that just did not fit their club's value or cultures or philosophy whatsoever. Uh, yeah, Antonio Conte, we've been talking about it for weeks. He's finally gone. Yep. They finally mutually parted ways. Yeah, I said Nagelsmann's dismissal kind of shocked the world. Conte's dismissal shocked absolutely nobody. Yeah, everybody was just waiting till the day that they had finally announced it. Right. few interesting points. One, they noted, as usual, that he left by mutual consent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh as, like, it has never been more true in this case. Yeah, they, they never been more mutual. So done with each other. Mutual hatred of each other. Right. Uh that seems funny, but there is kind of an indicator that maybe it's there. It's true that some kind of relationship remains because his assistant, Christian Stellini, is staying on to manage the club through the end of the season. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that is interesting, right? So that makes you wonder if, I don't know, if they just tempted him with a lot of money or maybe there truly isn't bad blood between them. Maybe they just decide, really decided it just wasn't a good fit and this is kind of an olive branch for them to part ways. Yeah, you know? maybe. That, interesting. I uh, guess, like, I mean, we'll never know unless somebody leaks something. Right. After it's all settled. Right. It's really funny to think about, it was such a, a branch in the multiverse, the moment when Southampton got that sketchy penalty at the end of that game. Yeah, right. And drew level, and that triggered the insane Antonio Conte rant. That triggered this that dismissal. Triggered all of this, right? Yeah, it's such a funny snowball effect. The little things like that, that weird referee call. Yeah, like how much longer would this have dragged out? Right. Had and the snowball's sco- still rolling. Who knows that. what this could mean, like for the managerial market? You know. Yeah. Uh, all because of that one little iffy call <laughs> penalty. <laughs> it's very funny. I should shout out because that's kind of what I'm talking about here. It um that Ringer football podcast, the Ripple Effect. What I just described is actually the concept of that podcast. Incidents oh, that have widespread uh, reverberations throughout the football world. Uh, as usual, the ringer fucking kills it. Um, I've only listened to a couple episodes of that podcast, but that's the concept of it. it sounds pretty cool. That's a brilliant concept. Right? That sounds very interesting. Right? Um, so give that a listen, y'all. I'm not afraid to shout out rival podcasts because, I mean, I'm not even going to lie. I aspire to be what they do at the ringer. <laughs> yeah, They're right. The fucking yeah. best. You know? Um, anyway. So funny managerial changes. Um, what else did I want to say about Kelsey? The managerial hunt. Yeah, it circles back to Nagelsmann's dismissal. Yeah. Tottenham jumped immediately. Some other targets are reportedly uh, Pochettino. Yeah. You know? That was immediately. Romantic before he return. even officially left, that was going going around. Right. Brentford's Thomas Frank. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Luis, Luis Enrique. 
go for the exotic Spanish option. Interesting. Yeah. I could see them doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Oliver Glazer of Frankfurt, who I'm admittedly not too familiar with, but I know Frankfurt are killing it right now. Yeah. Right? That's interesting. Those are the main candidates at the moment. Um, so, I mean, as big of a mess as Tottenham has been in like as managers have kind of dramatically left that club, it's still going to be appealing. It's in London. It's in a new stadium. They have a lot of money. Exactly, yeah. It's still going to be tempting for somebody to try and make that work. Yeah, I saw another pundit. I can't remember who say they have some of the best facilities you can parade a candidate through in the whole league. They have the most modern training and, um, you know, yeah, they're back room the, they're facilities. They're the most recent of all, of all the big clubs to like upgrade all of their facilities. Well, Liverpool just did too. Supposedly well, I mean, ours are pretty spe- fantastic too. Mm, um, but I second rate, maybe. <laughs> I think. I mean, I. I gotta say, I think Tottenham's do look a little more grandiose than ours. I you, think Arsenal's are falling apart, so it's fine. You I, know who Liverpool base theirs on is we copied our training like blueprint completely from uh, Red Bull Salzburg. Oh, really? Their academy, yeah. Nice. It was considered revolutionary, and we essentially followed that blueprint. Yeah. But it's a little more low-key than Tottenham's, I think. I mean, actually, I think Arsenal's training facility is probably fine. London Colony is supposed to be pretty nice, but I think our stadium is a bit <laughs> falling apart. Tottenham Stadium is it's absurd, yeah. Yeah, um, that thing is ridiculous. It does literally look like a toilet, but in terms of facilities, it's got it all. Yeah, yeah. Including it has a fucking underground electric go-kart track now. In collab- Did we insane. talk about that already? We haven't, I don't think we mentioned that Tottenham yet. Tottenham entered a collaboration with F1. They're building a go-kart track under the stadium. That's which amazing. I, you know, I, can, I have two angles on One, the F1 fan nerd in me is like, oh, my God, I want to drive. I want to go there so yeah. bad. An electric go-kart track under a footy stadium? Yes, please. And then the other half of me is I picture them telling Jurgen Klopp that, hey, Jurgen, we're going to build a go-kart track under Anfield. And have like an F one fan experience, like how furious he would be. And then I get smug about the whole thing. I'm like, yeah, fuck that shit. Like, yeah, this right. is a football club, okay? Yeah, it makes me. Yeah, man, it makes me a little upset. That's how I feel. Like even when the Red Wings got the new stadium. Oh, I hate the Red Wings stadium. It's like ah, oh, I've said that from so day one. Nice. I'm like, why does amazing. it look like a strip mall? But it it is really nice though. It's a great a, a game experience. Yeah, I've been there. Admittedly, it's. It is. It sucks to lose that old school single use. Like it's just the wing stadium. Yeah. Um, I don't like the dual stadium shit with the Pistons. No. Um, that pisses me off. I don't like because it does like hurt. You can't say it doesn't hurt ice quality. Right. So sorry. And going on a hockey rant in the middle of a soccer <laughs> podcast here. Right. I mean, I feel like a sports share is one thing. Sometimes yeah. financially, you just have to do that. But when you try and also turn it into just a shopping and marketing megaplex on top oh, of it, yeah, yeah. that's where it starts to get really gross. Yeah. You know? For sure. Um, it is, and it's like Google headquarters. It's like all kinds. Of, they have jammed a bunch of stuff into their arena, which is weird. Right. doesn't fit. Right. Cool arena side rant. You know who's building a new arena right now is Everton, despite the fact that they've just been charged with breaches of financial fair play. How was that for a transition? Like keep, keep spending money. I mean, that's <laughs> that's how threatening financial fair play is to anybody. Right. This episode of Soccer Situations is brought to you by Littlefoot Coffee. 
I mean, what can I say about Littlefoot Coffee? Um, they're not just friends of the pod. They're family of the pod, quite literally. Um, Alex started Littlefoot years ago after more than a decade of roasting experience, um, roasting coffee for some of the hottest, most fashionable, and uh, most importantly, tasty specialty coffee roasters in America. My favorite thing about it is that it's just really high-grade coffee without a drop of pretense. You're not going to find a bunch of weird, savory notes that the roaster is passing off as intentional. It's just really sweet, comforting flavors that everybody wants in their coffee. And now, for a limited time only, you can get 15% off at littlefootcoffee.com. Promo code SITUATIONS. Once again, you can get 15% off at littlefootcoffee.com using the promo code SITUATIONS. Anyway, yeah, so the Premier League referred Everton this week to an independent commission just nine months after dismissing any um, sort of charges of wrongdoing. Um it's interesting because Everton are outright denying any malfeasance, but the books are public and they show losses over the past three years, which is how financial, how financial fair play works. Yes, yeah. it's your average over the previous three years. And in yep. that time, Everton showed losses of $372 million. Holy shit. The limit allowed is 105 so they're more than three times oh, over wow. the limit. So I don't know what... Their plan is to deny that when the books are right there in the open. They've so yeah, far tried tough. blaming COVID, but those um, there were concessions already made for COVID. So I'm assuming these charges are taking that into account already. Yeah, they must be taking that into account. Right. And they also claim that they remain in a strong financial position due to their chairman, Farad Mashiri. But I believe financial fair play states that independent like owner income doesn't it, it, it doesn't has to count. be from revenue yeah so his independent wealth doesn't no matter what there should it. be a penalty so yeah Everton's the club's not going to go under unless i'm an idiot their club statement seems reflects that they don't even understand financial fair play rules i mean i if we had a wide following right now we'd be getting tons of letters <laughs> correcting me on all a lot of these I'm facts sure, probably yeah. these are because i don't know every detail of financial fair, fair play everything i've said is uh you know a fact that has been taken from a legit source either like bbc guardian or telegraph yeah i yeah. can say that and after that i don't i can't make any statements as to my understanding of the nuances of the financial fair play regulations would this be the first like club like bigger club to actually face financial fair play charges because or like actually punishment because i feel like charges have been thrown around but somehow all these clubs keep getting out of it yeah i would have to do research to document the history of that yeah because i feel like it always looms over these clubs but like you said nothing ever seems to come of it yeah maybe a small fine at most yeah you know funny note on the everton case it's kind of spiraling out of uh, last season um leeds and burnley both relegation rivals actually requested that Everton be investigated. They suspected foul play. Oh, damn. Right? Um, and last year, they were told that Everton were found to be compliant. But, and then this pops back up. So that's kind of interesting. That is very interesting. A little catty by them to narc, but also. Yeah, I mean, fair play, right? <laughs> fair play. Right. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, anyway. Everton is a broke big team. Let's switch it and go to a rich, tiny team. 
little little Wrexham, little Welsh Wrexham, little rich Welsh Wrexham, making lots of moves in the media this week. First of all, they signed Fat Ben Foster, who I, to be fair, I haven't seen in months. But the last time I saw him on television, he did not look ready for for play. Yeah, I've seen him on his podcast, um, and I know he still does like a lot of like YouTube goalkeeping challenges and things. So I know he's not like completely out of shape, but like being retired to suddenly being thrown into playing. I mean, I know they're not at the highest level, but it's still going to be a physical game. Right. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, I'm genuinely curious. Um, And and I guess this is why they do it, right? Yeah. (laughs) Because now we're curious. And we're talking about it. Um, The recurring theme right here. And to be fair, that's a great show. Welcome to Wrexham. And I love Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney. I love love both those guys. It's great. I love it. But the horror and and like kind of media, saccharine sweet media coverage of this story, while it's obviously a marketing scheme, is is starting to gross me out just a little bit. It's pretty funny. I mean, it's definitely over the top. Uh, Earlier this week, I said they're like the Manchester, they're actually like the Manchester City of non league football now with the kind of money they're spending. It's true. They have TikTok as their shirt sponsor. Do you think TikTok is sponsor any other non-league football teams? It's no, insane. absolutely not. And of course, they have the revenue. I don't know what the you know the deal entails, but they they have TV revenue from a, a documentary already. You know, yeah, which has so, got to be a lot of money for them. Yeah, they're not going to be non-league for long. They're not really playing by non-league financial rules. Which, again, to be clear, I don't know anything about the financial fair play regulations of non-league football. Yeah, but. I do know when they make it into the football pyramid, if they get promoted to League Two, they'll be subject to very strict financial fair play rules. So that'll change the game a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see how they start documenting their revenue. Yeah. You know? If they can get enough draw or get enough money raised somehow to to balance off having to, you know, buy players constantly to build this team to go up through the leagues. Right. Um the other aspect of their gross marketing ploys right now is, uh, and I'm going to let my bias show here. <laughs> I've been actually very kind to Manchester United in the recent history on this podcast. And this week I was like, oh, these motherfucking Disney football club motherfuckers are back up to their old bullshit. <laughs> and seeing the marketing for this game, this uh, summer uh, preseason fixture against Wrexham in California. I've seen like movie poster style Instagram posts it's calling amazing. it the Hollywood story of the, se- of the summer and all this kind of oh. stuff. And it just makes my blood boil. It's so bad. I gotta hate Manchester United so much. It's so um, bad. I was just like, God, of course, if Wrexham needs a team that's going to whore along and have plant some kind of Hollywood storyline over the summer, of course it's Manchester yeah, United. Yeah, it's going to be United. Gonna Who else is going to do that? Right? The only one that would be desperate enough other than them is probably Tottenham. <laughs> uh, all right. Sorry, y'all. That, that's my rant, my little <laughs> vent over. I was just annoyed by that. Yeah, it's funny. I get it. I get it. Yeah, let's talk about upcoming games. Let's talk about some actual soccer situations. Yeah, interesting soccer situations coming up. The league comes back in a really big way. With yeah, Manchester City hosting Liverpool at bright and early, bright and early on Saturday. My favorite kickoff time. Yep, always good. Liverpool enter. I'm gonna call the most brutal week that any team is gonna face this season. It's pretty bad. It's technically eight days, but I'm calling it a week because fuck it, it's eight days. Yeah, you know, in these next eight days, in this next week, plus a little bit. <laughs> Liverpool face Manchester City, early kickoff. Then they go to Chelsea three days later. Yep, yep. And then five days after that, they host Arsenal. Yep. 
It's fun. That's going to be fun. That's tough, dude. That's brutal. That is so brutal, dude. (laughs) At least we're going to be well tenderized by the time Arsenal gets to us. Yeah, thank God. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so. If I was going to pick points out of that race, I'm going to say we take three from Chelsea. Yeah, I think that's a fair shot. I think we walk three for nine in that run. Three for nine in that run. Yeah. Eh, You know what? I'm going to say four. We'll draw the city, too. I hope so. I really hope so. Yeah, we're going to take four from that run. That'd be great. And that's actually not bad. Four from a run like that is not a terrible thing. <laughs> no, it's not too bad. Um, Talking from somebody who's been down in that mid-table fight for a while now. Right. Saying, like, man, that four points out of that run, that's not bad. Points on the board. Let's get up to those Champions League <laughs> spots. <laughs> um, after that massive game, City and Liverpool, we have, like, hipster football heaven. Uh Teams we've been loving out all season, Brentford and Brighton. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Right? Uh, we've got um, Deservey and, uh, and, Frank. and Frank fighting for the Tottenham job. <laughs> yeah, seriously, right? <laughs> Hopefully yeah. not. I know. I like both of them. I hope they stay where they're at. Right? I'd rather see these teams climb up to that spot and Tottenham fall away. <laughs> Do you have a um, prediction for that game? It's a tough one to call. Ooh, it's at Brighton. At Brighton. That's definitely that leans in that leans in their favor a bit. Yeah, it seems like Brentford really tilt at home, right? Yeah, I think so. Kind of like Liverpool. Respect. I think it's gonna be a fun one though. I think it's gonna be like three two Brighton. Three two Brighton. I love that. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a wild one. That's great. What a good weekend of football I have. Just looking <laughs> at these two games. Yeah, there's there's a couple more good games coming up too. There's yeah. yeah. What's next? So I mean. Arsenal leads, I wouldn't say is a great game necessarily, but Could be. important games um as far as title race goes. Um and Leeds, yeah, Leeds are uh notoriously, I feel like historically, recent history anyway, they terrify me a bit. Um Yeah. And they can be deadly going forward. Yeah, if they're ha- having their day, and I think they're they tend to be one of those teams that will play up to the opposition. Exactly. They yeah. love playing a big club. Yep. They've definitely blitzed us once or twice. So I could I could easily see this being like a game that Arsenal, if they want to win it, are going to have to win it like 4-3 or something like that. Sure. Just like an insane open game. We'll see, though, because Arteta's whole focus has been about shutting things down. But right. this could be this could be a wild one. And then we have uh, two more interesting ones coming up. We got Newcastle and uh, United. So New- Newcastle and Man U. Woo! That's a pretty good game. Yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be... So it's at Newcastle, so that's good. Yeah, I'm actually really going to... Man, I, I was like, Newcastle's going to win this. But, yeah, I think they are. I I just got a feeling, and I'm going to go with it. Yeah? Yeah. I would love it. I would love that. I mean, be, that would be perfect for you, I think. I think that's better for you than... <laughs> Than like United win, maybe that's what my or, gut feeling was actually about. I didn't think about it, but subconsciously, my stomach was looking at the table. Yeah, so that puts that would put them level on points with the United at fifty. Interesting. Um, but that would yeah, that doesn't push them or United any higher up. So it's a pretty good result for you, I guess. Overall, I wonder if we might see a big Newcastle result. They possible. haven't had a result yet where they smacked one of the big boys, have they? No. And maybe maybe this uh, international break is what they needed to get back on track. Could be. Because they've been stuttering a little bit and haven't really hit that 
high flying that we saw early in the season. Yeah, we've documented a little tailing off from them, I think. You know, we considered them in the title race until about December, I feel like. Yeah. And we they've definitely fallen out of it to the point where their Champions League spots are under, heavily th- under threat now. Big time. But I also, I think I've seen a rebound lately. It seems like they've kind of been coming back together. Yeah, I feel like I've seen moments from them recently that, that they've been like fun to watch and look look good going forward. Like things are clicking. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a fun one. Um, do you have a prediction for it? Um, I'm gonna say one nil Newcastle. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say three nil Newcastle. Ooh, big result. And I don't. This isn't actually about hating United because I don't know why where this is coming from, but. I think they're in the mood. Or they're, it's it's time for them to make some kind of statement. Yeah, they need a big game. Yeah. Especially going the into the home stretch it. of the season. Yeah. You know? What yeah, else we'll is coming see. up this weekend? And Alex? then our Monday game this week is Everton and Tottenham. Ooh. That's fantastic, too. Yep. That's one of those games where I don't care what happens. It's funny, literally, no matter yeah, what exactly. the result is. Just give me something funny in the game. Everton beats Tottenham. <laughs> That's great. That's so funny. Tottenham beats Everton. I'm like, oh, right, another step to relegation. Yep, heading down. A draw. <laughs> it's just Either way, it's funny. Like, boy, that's mediocre all around. Yeah. You two both are embarrassed about lose. that somehow. Can't lose watching that one. Yeah. It's a great it's actually low key one of my favorite fixtures to watch. Yeah. Just with sheer malice and hate in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have to have that. Nah, I should probably talk to my therapist about it. <laughs> uh, it's I think it's a healthy outlet. Healthy enough. Yeah. Healthy ish. Do you see any other headlines we should cover? I mean, I think we can give a little I don't want to give a little shout out to Scotland. Cool. I know we don't really like talking about international football that much, but they beat Spain. Um, and that's, that is just impressive. I mean, Scott McTominay with a <laughs> double <laughs> over Spain. Were they, were they both assisted by Andy Robertson? Uh, I think he had one of the assists. <laughs> it's funny because they noted his assist, but they didn't note the other assist. So it was probably some like random Scotsman yeah, that we don't know. Not the captain. Yeah. <laughs> Not the captain uh, and legend, Andy Robertson. Uh, Tierney apparently limped off at the 74th minute injured, so that's fantastic news. Wait a minute. Aren't you already missing a left back? Um, Zinchenko? No, Zinchenko's back. Okay, okay. He's back. Oh, it was Tomiyasu. Tomiyasu's out, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're getting short back there, that's for sure. <laughs> that's stressful. On both sides. Stressful, really. Alex. Right back and left back. Going to be going into the home stretch of a title race playing... Uh, Playing center backs at fullback? Yeah, basically. Or playing wingers at fullback? Yep. Saka's going to have to go back and play fullback again. <laughs> I mean, there's worse options out there. Yeah. Obviously, you don't I mean, want to blunt your attack like that, but... He was quite good at it, and he was still lethal as shit when he was coming from the fullback position I was going to say, anyway. it's well documented at this point that fullbacks can contribute to attack. Yeah. I just don't think uh, it would be wise to put those kind of... Uh, minutes on his legs you know running up and down that pitch and defending right right um speaking of Saka, uh, he scored that banger for england um this week yeah goal and an assist for england right i i just saw that it's noted that he's a he's he will sign his new contract very soon supposedly that contract has been in place since february or something right are you nervous yeah he about has that not at all? he hasn't signed it no apparently it's there i mean they keep saying the usual thing of like it's we're going to just sign it at the end of the season. We don't want anything to distract from the season, so we're just going to wait. Oh, okay. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, all reports, it's been, yeah, every like month now, this will pop up again and people will report that it is a done deal. It's just waiting to be signed. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's anything to be read into that, but you know, it does make you a little nervous. Definitely makes you think. You don't think United will swoop now that he's England's golden boy? <laughs> no, I don't think he would go um, anywhere in England, honestly. Yeah, right. Right like now, it. I think he, you know, the only way he'd be tempted if it was like Madrid or somebody come sniffing around, um, something like that might tempt him. But I don't know if he wants to leave anytime soon. Hmm. I feel like he does want to actually see what he can achieve at Arsenal before he moves, because he is. I mean, he's a young boy. He could play like three, four more years, and then go spend the whole second half of his prime anywhere he wants. Right. So he doesn't have to run anywhere anytime soon. Why not try and win a couple titles? Get that cha- that elusive Champions League to become a true legend. Do you really think he's gonna get that in Arsenal, Alex? Yeah, dude. We get <laughs> as long as we get that Saliba. The, the one that's making me a little more nervous is the William Saliba contract situation. Oh, is that still up in the air? Let me that go pop a not, clap. That is not signed, and that <laughs> one makes me way more nervous than Saka. Yeah, Virgil's starting to show some age. It might be time to upgrade. Yeah, that one's very scary. They say that one's close, too, but not as confidently as they say the Saka one's close. You better not goddamn let him go to United. Arsenal has a history of letting powerful players go to teams that I hate. No, I don't think I don't think so. I, I do feel quietly confident that he's going to sign a new contract. Um, again, like all these players, I will not be shocked in the future if they leave, but right. I don't see them all leaving soon. I think they're... I don't know how you couldn't be excited about that project right now. You live in, I mean, it's a great, a huge club in London. Like you, It seems like competing. team spirit is super high. Yeah, everybody seems to be super happy. So, um, yeah, it would be shocking for anyone to leave at this time. It's all about the team spirit, man. Yeah, you know exactly. Um, they seem to have cleaned out the, the bad eggs in there. Right. So everyone seems to be happy. Word. Anything else we'd talk about? I don't think so. I think we fired off a pretty quick little episode there. Yeah. Anything else going on? You want to talk about any little foot activities? Uh, little foot activities. I did another uh, college. My college professor put my professor cap back on. I went down to Kalamazoo College and did another cupping for some service, culinary service students. Right. Alex is impacting the future. I am teaching these kids He's about shaping coffee. shaping the youth. We need this. We need more of this. I told them they should give me a class. <laughs> I'll, do roast, I'll do roasting 100. No, you want to be like roasting 300. Well, I do all of them. I don't want to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get paid. <laughs> Is that something you could do out of the warehouse? Probably, honestly. What kind of licensing do you have to have to do that? Honestly, yeah. Can I just come up with the curriculum and like submit all my stuff to the school and they could just use the roaster? Literally every nerd in America wants to. I do need to start doing that kind of thing. Find a way to market that. Yeah. Because that needs to be a good side hustle for me. Yeah, monetize that, that roaster. Be, that thing's yeah. sitting in there right now, not earning you yeah. any money whatsoever. I know. Someone could be roasting on that thing right now and just just money flying out the top. Exactly. Me. Nerds just cooking batches. <laughs> hey, well, I don't have to see you. Yeah, it's fine, dude. Or drink. I don't have to drink it. I'm fine. Whatever you want. You're going to come in on Monday. Someone's going to have dropped some cherry syrup in there. I wanted to make fruit cherry coffee. Yes. Yeah, just like I get at Costco. <laughs> place just reeks. <laughs> Not getting that out. 
nope. just have to burn the whole thing. Yep, exactly. All oh, right. That's funny. Yeah, all right. We'll call this one. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Close Thanks on for that. listening, y'all. Um, be sure to go to the sites that you listen to us at and give us a like, follow, and listen, uh, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you're a weirdo that goes straight to SoundCloud, I respect that. Um, and anywhere else, yeah, share the podcast. Talk, uh, give it to someone this weekend. And, um, yeah, talk us up. Thanks, y'all. But mostly thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And we appreciate it. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. Soccer, 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 soccer. Situation. situation.